is June, and about 13 years ago in June, we got Lil Wayne's Part of Three, and uh, probably one of the best albums, Weezy F Baby, of course, give him a shout out. And the F is uh, for Front your, Dope. <laughs> and what is what is uh what's one of your favorite songs off that album? Ah man, it's it's hard to say. There's so many good tracks on that album. Uh I bought the physical copy of that CD basically when it came out. Um and from the jump, it's pretty great. Every track, Mr. Carter and uh Three Pete, but I really do enjoy um Shoot Me Down. It's uh Shoot Me Down. Yes, the vibe of it, the guitars that bring the track in off the intro, it uh and then the way Weezy just talks, like he does that spoken word intro. Open up your hearts, people. Page one, <laughs> chapter one, verse motherfucking one. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't get a lot of. Um, you don't get a lot of those like low baseline songs on on rap albums. No. So I think for something coming out in two thousand eight, where it was all about like kind of the transition from the gangster rap to like you know the Kanye Fifty Cent beef and all that fun stuff. Um, you know, rap was really in a vulnerable spot, and I think uh, Wayne, with his diversity, really did help move that genre along. Um, for me, though, uh, "Let the Beat Build" oh, yeah. is always a classic for me. Um, I do remember um, the first song I did hear off this was a Millie. Oh yeah. So um, I had some subwoofers in the '97 Mazda, <laughs> day, and uh, so it was it was leaked on uh, on LimeWire in um, early 2008. So end of June, uh, end of. Uh, End of my junior year, and uh, yeah, we were blasting a Millie, um, rolling up to uh, different uh, events, you can say, those, in high school. Those high school football games, man, just posted by the car before kickoff. <laughs> exactly. Get the crew together. Exactly. exactly. But, you know, this is not a music show. This is actually a football show. Uh, welcome into the Ziggy and Steel show. I am your host, Ziggs, uh, here with my man, Steel. What up, what up? And... We got some football to talk about. Yes, sir. Uh, we're in the dead period right now. It's okay uh, because, you know, we all have uh, other things to do, but, you know, we're starting to itch. I think it's uh, 10 Sundays left until football season here. So, Oh, man, that really got me excited. Yeah. 10? So we are, we are getting there, man. We are getting there. And so what we want to do, we want to give you guys kind of an eight-part series here. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to break down the – each division kind of leading into training camp and whatnot. So uh, I thought that we could start with the AFC North. Why not? Um, but before we do that, is there any division that you really think that is going to be um, the most competitive out of all eight? Ooh, the most competitive. Um, I think you can always count on the NFC West for that, man. Um you know, 49ers are a little bit of a, a wild card, I think. But when you look at the other three teams in that division, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the – oh, why do I always forget one? Three out of four. San, man. Oh. San Francisco, 49ers. 49ers, Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks. There we go. Mm-hmm. We got them. We listed them. The 49ers, a little bit of a wild card. But the other three teams, man, they're going to be competitive. And you can't even rule out the 49ers because Kyle Shanahan – uh, knows how to run a team and knows what he's doing down there. So I think that's going to be one of the more competitive divisions in the NFL, as as usual. So. I'd say NFC East. <laughs> <laughs> what, man? They, they're competitive within the division. Like, that's what I asked. I didn't ask if it was going to be the best division. I just said the most competitive. And NFC East is always some drag-out fights for, you know, for who, who can avoid double-digit losses. It's exciting. 
but I had myself muted. We're okay. Yeah, we're okay now. Um, I mean, that's a that's a surprise. The NFC East is going to be your pick. Uh, Eagles, kind of a wild one. I think Dallas is going to have something to say about what happened last year, man. I think uh, they're going to come out fighting. Dak's back. And uh, you, you've seen they're trying to hype up Zeke with uh, that running and cutting out there. I did see that. I did see that. And um, we'll have to dive into that whole division a little bit more, especially the Cowboys. Got some interesting things to talk about once we get there. But yes, sir. again, we're going to start with the AFC North here. Um, this division plays the NFC North and the AFC West this year. So there's some uh, pretty decent defenses that you're going to have to um, to look after and uh, worry about. And let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm looking at their schedule or their record last year, and they were 12 and four, but I'm pretty sure they started off 11 and 0. And so this record doesn't really indicate kind of what happened the back half of the season, and uh, or really the back quarter, I guess you could say. And uh, you know they lost, they went one and four to end the season. Then they got completely embarrassed by the Browns in the playoffs, and that really just exposed the offensive line issues that they've kind of gone through. Um, and the lack of running and, uh, you know, everything with Ben coming back from his injury, his elbow injury. And uh, this team is very interesting. So um, just give me your give me your thoughts on the Steelers. Interesting is a way to put it. Um, they, you know, you mentioned they went 12-4 and four last year. They won the AFC North. Um, but they couldn't run the ball. Mm-hmm. They couldn't run the ball. Going down this, you know, going down towards the end of the season, they just could not figure out who was their running back back there. You know, Mike Tomlin, he loves to have a workhorse. You saw they addressed that with Najee Harris. Um, but you want to talk about O line uh, because it's more like no line. Ooh, Ooh. no, no, De, no, DeCastro just got released. Did he? He did. Wow. And then we got to talk about the Marquise Pouncey retiring. Um, you know, Big Ben, 38 years old last year. He threw 608 times, ties for his second most in his career. And the last time he did that, I believe, was uh, the two years prior where he had the MVP caliber season. So is he going to be able to do that again? Are they going to be able to tone down the passing attempts and really rely on Najee Harris? I I believe in the Najee Harris talent. I don't, I don't want to slight the guy anyway, but... You don't have an offensive line to run behind, my guy. Yeah, that's the biggest issue too. It's just the offensive line, and like if they can't figure that out, and you know they didn't do too much in the draft to kind of address that um, that position as a or that group as a whole. So you you really do think that Ben's going to have to throw like five hundred and fifty plus times, like close to six hundred times again, because right. they're just going to have to keep up in these games. Exactly. And, you know, the one thing they do have going for them is that defense. We cannot forget that Pittsburgh defense is just up there as far as one of the better defenses in the league. Um, I I believe they rank top five. If not, they were the number one. Oh, no, the Rams were number one last year. I know that for a fact. Mm -hmm. But the Steelers, they have a built team. Um, You just would have loved to see them address that offensive line, like we've mentioned. that's it's an important part of this game, and you know you need to have some important part. 
Go ahead. Yeah, it's an important part of what they've been doing for the last, like, 10 years. You know, they've right. always had great offensive line play, great linebackers, you know, a group of receivers that were always there to catch the ball. And it looks like they have the linebackers and receivers covered, you know. It's just that the offensive line have kind of let gone, gone by the wayside a little bit over the last few years. And, you know, we've seen other teams around the league where, you know, aging lines can really wreck a team, like, i.e. Dallas. And so um, that's uh, – that's going to be a tough one for them to kind of sort out. And, you know, they really, in free agency, they only, you know, they cut Steven Nelson, who's their uh, corner for them, um, opposite Joe Hayden. And uh, they did re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster, which we all thought was, you know, kind of a confusing move at the time, too. But, you know, I think Juju really wanted to stay. So uh, He didn't that... give them the choice of, like, <laughs> letting him go. He said, no, 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 I'm here. Like, I'll run out on the field, uh, you know, the first Sunday of the season, even if I'm not under contract with the Steelers. He'll be in his uniform. Like, Spare change, spare change. <laughs> so, Sitting outside yeah, of they, Heinz Field. Mm-hmm. Shaking a little cough, dude. Yeah, he's trying to uh, say, we'll play for free. So they, um, so he's there. So they do have the receiving core uh, back in that sense. Um, I just don't know what to do with this team and neither does um neither is vegas you know um, <laughs> their over under win total is eight and a half wins and i'm probably going to take the under to be completely honest um i know tomlin has this impeccable record of being eight and eight or better but um i i don't see where this team can take a step forward especially once we start talking about these other teams in the division and the AFC as a whole, really, as we go through these episodes, um, you're going to see the Steelers being on the outside looking in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you see a lot of the teams they are playing, they're a lot of good defenses that they're going to have to go up against. And without an offensive line to be blocking for Najee or Ben, I think they're going to run into a lot of trouble. But maybe that's where they do a lot of the uh, screen passes. And, you know, us Bears fans love the bubble screen. So... <laughs> <laughs> love it um what do you think um over under uh you know we've we've done this before i've i've stuck with the over but i've caved and uh i'm going under the i don't, I don't think tomlin's gonna maintain and the steelers are gonna struggle this year yeah last note they need to uh really address the long-term quarterback situation something yeah. they haven't done as well um mason rudolph is still there Dwayne Haskins um, is going to be competing for the backup job as well, but I don't think we believe that either of them are going to be the answer for this team going forward. No, and that's I'm glad you brought that up, yeah, because if something, God forbid, something does happen to Big Ben in this season, then you're you're done. Your backup quarterbacks are not going to get you to the top of the AFC North, and you're going to struggle to even find the wild card spot at that rate. So, agreed, agreed, but. Moving on to their biggest rival, I'd say, in the division, just based off of pedigree, and I'd say over the last probably 10, 15 years here, the Baltimore Ravens, um, who, uh, that team was tough, man. They had Lamar Jackson, the reigning MVP. This guy's rushing for more yards than Vic, taking the league by storm in his second year. Um, they didn't really address the receiving position Outside of Hollywood Brown, of course, you know he did uh, he did what he could, but um, they they were looking for Hollywood to take that, that second year step and to really help Lamar improve as a passer and get his numbers up, and that didn't really happen uh, that we saw last year. They ended up eleven and five because 
John Harbaugh is an excellent coach, and they have a good defense as well. Um, but we didn't see the passing promise that we thought we'd see from Lamar Jackson. So going into year three, we're looking at this team. They were in on you know Kenny Galladay. They were looking for an X receiver to kind of help with Lamar there. They, they were in on Kenny Galladay, didn't end up getting him. Um, they drafted Rashad Bateman, a big receiver out of Minnesota in the first round. You know, it might take him a little bit to get get going in this offense, but they would expect that he would be their ex for years to come. And they really just kind of kept it at home and re-signed Derek Wolf and uh, Tyus Bowser um, to some uh, to a couple four-year extensions. So business as usual, status quo. It's all on Lamar. What are your thoughts? I mean, it it is all on Lamar. I do, real quick, I do want to say because you said they were trying to get in on a lot of the free agent wide receivers, and one of the guys I wish would have gone there uh, was Emmanuel Sanders. I know he landed in Buffalo. I feel like he would have worked mm-hmm. really well with the Ravens' offense. But besides that, you know, people people put the blame on Lamar a lot last year. Uh, didn't see the step forward we wanted, and I I agree. I would have I owned him in fantasy. I uh, he he got me a championship, but would have loved to seen the passing production move forward. That said, his receivers didn't help him, um, and by that I mean they dropped a lot of passes. Mark Andrews countless times hitting him right in the hands, and the ball falls down. Mm-hmm. You know you can. You can blame a bad pass. You can blame this and that. But you know what? The the reality of it is when I was playing wide receiver, my coaches always said, if you can touch the ball, you can catch the ball, whether it's fingertips mm-hmm. or it's in your palms. And that's something they have to work on themselves. Mm-hmm. This is a heavy running team. You know, I think I think we'll get to see Lamar take a little bit of that jump that we were looking for last year. But it's still the Ravens deep down. And J.K. Dobbins is uh, going to be the man in that backfield with Lamar, and I think this is still going to be a run-heavy offense. Yeah, um, I think they they will be balanced. Um, Gus Edwards will take that kind of that backup role, or you know, being the two-headed rushing attack that uh, J.K. Dobbins was to Mark Ingram. Right. Um, and so you would see Dobbins kind of take that lead role, and so they will between the three of them. I think will have a pretty potent rushing attack again, um, just because that's what they do. Um, again, it's uh, these receivers don't, or these pass catchers, that is, um, including Mark Andrews. If they don't drop the ball as much as they did last year, if that was just kind of the exception and not the norm, then I think they can take a big step. Um, the odds makers have their over under at ten and a half wins. Um, I don't see them getting over that. And I think, uh, you know, as word of advice, if you are a betting person, um, you always want to make sure that you bet on the half wins for things like this because if it was, for example, just 10 wins, then you will just get your money back if they ended up 10 and 7. Yep. So make sure you can get either the 10 wins or 11 wins if you feel uh, if you feel strongly about either. Or um, I feel s- kind of strong that they won't get – Two ten wins. I think that they're going to be kind of meddling around eight and nine, nine and eight kind of team uh, until I can see it with Lamar. And maybe that's just me being biased because I had him last year in fantasy, and it really hurt for that beginning of the season. Put me in, um, put me in a hole that I ultimately a late season push from Lamar could not climb out of. So maybe it's just me that I have to wait and see. But it you get some 
you get some like real Josh Allen, you know, year two to year three vibes from uh, from Lamar. It's definitely possible. I just think to you know Josh Allen with that climb he just had in his you know year three. He got Stefan Diggs. You know, Lamar hasn't gotten a guy like that. Like, he got old, busted Des Bryant. You know what I mean? Like, we're not giving this dude a, a young stud. He didn't get his Kenny Galladay. So, to expect a jump like that, I think, is um, just like a, like like a overshooting it, basically. You know, you don't want to grade him out too much. Um, I think you could see a pretty normal, uh, some normal positive regression for Lamar this year. And, you know, let's not forget, he ran for a 1,000 yards two years in a row. So you think he can do it for a third? Um, Defenses eventually will have to key in on him, right? Or is it just kind of he's that he's just that good? He's that fast. His acceleration is stupid. It's stupid. Yeah, it's the one cut, one cut and gone. You do see those a lot with him. So, for real, I mean, the just the drop back, fake a pass, and then he's gone. I, it, it's mm-hmm. it's insane to see uh, what he's doing out there against these NFL defenses. It really is. Yeah, it puts a lot of stress on the defense just trying to account for uh, who actually has the ball when it's snapped to when it crosses the line of scrimmage. So, right. Um, Definitely something to keep an eye on with this Ravens team. I think it's something that we can expect again for the third uh, third year running here. Um, no pun intended. But I think that, yeah, this team is going to be an interesting one to watch because of just Lamar's uh, taking that next step forward. I 100% agree with you. What can I say? I thrive in chaos. <laughs> okay. Let's uh let's go to the dog pound. <laughs> the Browns are we are we actually going to get excited about the Cleveland Browns here? Um, they new coach Kevin Stefanski comes in, knows that he is going to run the ball based off of what he did in Minnesota. That did not change with having Kareem Hunt here. He actually gave Kareem Hunt a three year extension before the season even started. So that just shows that they really valued running the ball with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Um, that ended up manifesting in an 11-5 and season. So, not bad. They did have what I'm looking at. They had more points against than points for, which is something that you would, wouldn't expect from an 11-5 and team. No. But they controlled the clock very, very well. There were a lot of low-scoring games that they were pulling out, you know. And then there were times, like I remember in – in Tennessee, where they just went absolutely berserk on offense and Baker's throwing the ball all over the place. So you can see that happening. Uh, again, they had to beat Pittsburgh um, to get into the playoffs on the last uh, last week of the year. Um, they ended up doing that. Then they went and destroyed Pittsburgh a week later. So it's only going to do uh, wonders for their confidence really going into this season. And they even gave the Chiefs a run for their money in the division round. So... You look at what they did kind of in free agency, and they bring in two respective um, members of the Rams secondary, John Johnson and Troy Hill. Both got some uh, pretty decent money from them. Um, bring in Malik Jackson, Anthony Walker, um, Tech McKinley is here for on a one-year deal. Um, they really wanted to boost this defense, and they feel like with the com- like the coming back of Odell Beckham, they'll be able to have the offense to match. 
Oh, easily. And you're talking about, you know, this backfield. I feel like you, you kind of just undersold what they've got going on back there with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You talked about Hunt. I mean, both of these guys were top 20 running backs last year. Uh, in yards, Chubb finished seventh and Kareem Hunt finished in 16th. They both, uh, Kareem Hunt said he thinks they both can go for over 1,000 yards this year. In this offense, I, I see it being a possibility. And their defense, they just continue to stack talent back there and they had a great draft to match it um just everything for the browns is really just an arrow pointing up right now um baker let me ask you let me ask you real quick yeah best running back best running back duo in football i'm thinking like zeke and pollard there's dalvin cook and alexander madison montgomery and cohen okay <laughs> like oh sure okay so, something to um, you know, something to consider. I think they might be, in my opinion, honestly. Yeah, I I don't know if there's really a backfield that's gonna kind of hold a candle to this. To be honest, um, the only Derek other Hen- Derek Henry and Derek Henry. Uh, yeah, basically. Otherwise, uh, you could uh, just insert running back name and the Forty ers backfield because. Uh, Kyle Shanahan just gets it done with whoever's back there. That's uh, that's very, very true, very true. So I think uh, I didn't want to cut you off. You're talking. You're going to talk about Baker a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. You're, no, you're good. Uh, yeah. So Baker, his third year. Um, he had about the same amount of passing attempts he did in that rookie year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he finished 18th in pass yards, uh, 26 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. Low, like. That's that's exactly what you want out of Baker Mayfield. And he took a step forward last year, and that was without Odell Beckham. So, uh, Is this team better or worse than, um, with Odell Beckham? Because, you know, we do remember seeing that video where Baker throws a touchdown to Harrison Bryant, and he has to go straight up to Jarvis and Odell and say, hey, guys, I keep your head up. Your time's coming. You know, like that, that can mess with the locker room. It absolutely can, and you know you have to receivers, man. They're divas. That's yeah. And maybe Baker feels like he owes that to them because he's you know the young guy, the new guy. He wants to be the leader for this team. And I think after last season, Odell may have a different outlook on you know his relationship with Baker. He's been practicing with him. You know they're out there running routes together. So. If they can really start to gel and develop a, a better relationship and team dynamic, then sky's the limit for them. Um, I, I think as soon as Baker stops worrying about like, oh, I'll get you yours, like, nah, man, we're trying to win a game. Like, it shouldn't matter that you want your yards, your touchdowns, your this or that. Like, that's cool, but you also want to win games, and so does the city yeah. of Cleveland. Yeah, there definitely can be. Uh, they're definitely AFC championship uh, game or title game contenders. I think they are one of the best teams in the AFC. Um, and oh, yeah. Vegas Vegas kind of agrees. Their over-under is 10.5 wins. Um, I think that they can actually get the over, and I hope I'm not cursing Cleveland, Cleveland fans here by saying that we should be excited about this team, but you just look around and what they've done just really in the drafts and, you know, shout-out to uh, – Oh, man. Shout out to Aaron, Andrew Barry, um, their GM here um, in his second season, just really turning this team around to so building it the right way. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I'll take the over there. 
Yeah, I will as well. And you, you mentioned uh, Andrew Barry. Um, I just like to say they have done a great job, that whole front office, um, managing contracts and salaries for future players. They're really going to be able to keep this uh, whole entire unit together for the foreseeable future. Yeah, agreed. It'll be fun to watch, man. It'll be fun to watch. Um, all right. And last up in the AFC North, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. So this team, of course, Joe Burrow, number one overall pick. Joe Cool smoking cigars after LSU wins the national championship on a, probably the best offense we've ever seen in college. Um, of course, he goes number one again to his hometown team. He's out here just destroying rookie passing records, just on pace to destroy everything that was ever put together by Baker the year prior. And he goes and gets a knee injury, really bad one, tears his ACL and MCL, I believe. Um, and his season's over. And they go 4 11 and 1 here. And. Uh, you know, he has to go get surgery and a, you know, a top five pick at receiver later. He is now loaded with Jamar Chase, um, his buddy from uh, from college, as well as Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and the like. Um, but this offensive line is still an issue. What are your thoughts? I think the Bengals fucked up, dude. Do you? Yeah, I think they had a terrible offseason. And I, by not taking Penny Sewell, I think that was a huge mistake. Um they didn't address this offensive line really at all. Free agency draft, none of it. Um, you lost AJ Green and you brought in Jamar Chase. I guess that's cool. You know, you, they went uh, offensive line in the second round. I but guess they, that's cool. I, <laughs> I, I don't want to undersell that. Okay, so I'll go back to that. I, you know, getting them together again, they're probably going to enjoy that. You're going to see some fun offense down there in Cincinnati, but. You still don't have an offensive line. It's just like talking about the Steelers, man. You know, like, oh, Joe Mixon, everyone wants to see this dude break out. He's never going to have the opportunity. And you just saw your quarterback go down with a huge injury, and you're kind of just like, eh, eh, we'll be fine. With with a generational left tackle or projected generational left tackle on the board still, I think that's really what got me. I thought that maybe that the Falcons, if they – didn't take Kyle Pitts, they'll take Panay Sewell and the Bengals kind of thinking that, you know, he wouldn't get there. But the fact that he was there and I do understand the connection with uh with Burrow and Chase, but um yeah, that's a that's a tough one to swallow. It's a definitely a Cincinnati Bengals move. Yeah. Which is I, what worries me the most. Yeah. Are are they the new Browns? Like is is that what we're headed for with Cincinnati? Well, if if that's the case, then you know, on the flip side, the Browns will be the new Bengals, and if you want to look at the best of the Bengals, no, the Mark Browns Lewis. are the Ste- the Browns are the Steelers now. Oh, the Browns are the Steelers now. <laughs> everyone's just everybody's just moving around. The Ravens are still the Ravens, though. So. Correct, correct. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the Browns could just have a streak of what, like seven straight first round exits after making the playoffs. So it's it's one of those things where we have to see how it all plays out, but. Honestly, yeah, these Bengals. I mean, just the the choices that they that they made looks good on paper. You're just a little worried about the long term health of the roster. Absolutely, that's that's really what it comes down to. Because as you mentioned, they got a generational talent at quarterback. You know, 
the guy who's the most pivotal position of this game, and you're doing nothing to protect him. I I, I think it kind of goes without saying at this point. Like you need that. You right. you have to protect your asset, and just giving him a guy that he can, you know, throw the ball to. Great. I. But I'd like to see him stay on his feet and not get set a record for most sack quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, let's let's hope not. And I hope that knee like injury holds up. Um, you know, all all reports right now are showing that he is on track for Week One, but it is June, and one setback can kind of tank this whole his whole stock value, all the hype, everything that. So. That's when all these questions, I think, will be brought up again is when we see um, Burrow kind of back on the field and you know, trying to find out if he's going to stay healthy, if he's going to be protected um, sufficiently enough going into next year. So um, Vegas has them at six and a half wins. Um, hmm, I'm going I'm, under. You're going under? I'd, I'd say I'd, six. Yeah, six is a good number. Six and 11, I think, will be kind of where they'll be around, just hanging around with the Steelers, too. I think they will win a few shootouts uh, just because of their quarterback play and, you know, the amount of receivers that they have. But uh, more often than not, I think some of uh, they're going to face some tough defenses that they really can't. Well, look at their division. They're going right. to face, you know, a tough defense uh, six times a year. So, like, you're you're looking at it that way and you're just like, well, let's, let's just hope that this guy can stay healthy because that's all we want we don't want to see these guys get injured like i'm not sitting here trying to be like they don't have an offensive line joe burrow's fucked like obviously i don't want that but this is just kind of how it looks on paper when we're breaking these teams down you know all we want is good football we want we want to see a good product that's what we're interested in but based off what i'm looking at they're not protecting their guy yeah uh it's tough it's tough man it's tough because we want to see burrow succeed and uh Maybe that's why we're sitting here doing a podcast and they're in NFL front offices. And we're just gonna they're gonna come out like gangbusters, putting up forty five points a game, and you know they start off five and zero, oh and it's cool. gonna be eating our words. That, hey, cool. I, I'll I'll hope that's what happens. We'll we'll give you guys a, a special cheers, an old boys cheers to you if that happens. How about that? That that's your that's your that's your prize. There Cincinnati. we go. Okay. Cheers to you, Cincinnati. <laughs> that la- that wraps up the AFC North here. Um, we <laughs> we will definitely come back um, very soon with uh, kind of moving on, move through the AFC. We'll get to the NFC as well, just going kind of clock rise all the way around. And uh, yeah, we uh, we can't wait. Anything uh, anything you want to tell the people before we get out of here? Nope. Nothing today. No, nothing today. No, no. Be safe out there, people. That's it. Absolutely, guys. So, um, for Steel, I'm Ziggy. For your boys, it's out.